The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Owers from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab on He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. It is Monday, October 28th, and you're listening to or watching on Facebook Live to another edition of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Lee, alongside my co-hosts, Evan Webb and Andrew Eiler. And just for fair warning, one of these guys listened to the game on the radio. One of them did not watch the game on Saturday, but... Neither of them missed anything by missing the game live. So, uh, what's going on, guys? Not much. I'm just glad that we're uh, starting a podcast about pretty volleyball now because it's the only team that's hey, winning. Huge right now. shout out to Coach <laughs> Shondell and the volleyball program. Huge upset win over Nebraska Saturday night to not make the night a complete way or the day a complete waste, I guess you can say. And at least Notre Dame lost. Um, we can go. talk about that as well yeah. as, later on in this show. But uh, welcome if this is the first time you've listened to us or have watched us. And if you are a regular, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, all right, boys, let's let's jump right into it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't have to. I, want, I mean, is crying allowed on, on here? Is I mean, I think, I think Evan, Evan already welcome. told us it's that. Welcomed. That I mean, that was next. So, I mean, yeah gonna happen yeah it was uh it was not fun to say the least saturday uh purdue lost the cannon trophy so now they're only down to one rivalry trophy in its possession 24 to 6 against illinois and it felt like it was even worse than that so it was even really that close like it um you know i had a bad feeling (laughs) on friday when i saw the forecast was 100 percent chance of rain like, oh, and we run the ball so well. <laughs> and <laughs> Illinois does run it well. And, oh, man. It, I mean, you know, I've, I've been to a couple of rainy games at ross Nothing like that. That was no. unbelievable. What was the, the Wisconsin game during the Hazel Air where we lost like 800 to, to nothing? That, was, that, was, that one sucked. I don't. There's so many of those, Evan. I don't know. You have to be more specific. I, I remember it raining against Wisconsin. Uh in Danny Hopes last year, but that was only for like a half. I remember, I remember I was sitting in the student section. There was like <clears> six <throat> people there. I don't know why I was still there at the end of a blowout. But but it, I mean, it rained last year, Eastern Michigan in a loss. It rained the year before mm-hmm. against Minnesota in a win. Um, but that is one thing about Jeff Brom's team so far in 
almost three full years at Purdue, they don't play mm-hmm. well in bad weather conditions. Minnesota last mm-hmm. year. Or it was just cold. And, and that's cold, a little worrisome because you're in what, northwest central, I guess you can call it, Indiana. <laughs> it's going to get cold and at times rainy, mm-hmm. especially in October and November. This isn't Kentucky or any southern state. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah. I, I can't remember what the weather was like the last two bucket games. I'm assuming late November it's been cold and crappy. Last year wasn't actually that bad. It was supposed to be really bad because I, I was going to go, and then the weather looked like it was going to be really crappy, and then it ended up being pretty nice. I mean, it wasn't warm by any means, but it ended up not being too mm-hmm. bad, I don't believe. I'm just assuming one of those games was but, fairly bad weather. I don't yeah. remember the weather. More to be to have the, the bucket yeah. at the day. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, man, it's it, – and really, I thought <laughs> the crowd showed up pretty well, at least for the first half. I was really surprised by how many people were there. I know fifty-eight over 58,000 seats were sold, which was awesome, but yeah. not that many people showed up. And, and it was it was interesting because, you know, usually it's a sea of black and gold. It was a sea of the brightest colors imaginable. Because there was all ponchos, so you had purple, yeah. pink, mm. yellow, lime green. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, but it just just a miserable overall game, and really, I thought Purdue missed on some key opportunities on the first drive. They were moving it a little bit with a couple first downs, and then Jackson Anthrop dropped dropped about a 15-yard wide open slant route over the middle, and that was the first of many wide open drops Purdue would see uh, during the game. Milton Wright dropped two that I can remember <clears> off the top <throat> of my head. A few other guys dropped some. So, I mean, Jack Plummer's stat line was pretty brutal anyways. Cactus Jack Plummer's stat line was pretty brutal. <laughs> but uh, he didn't have any help. Mm. No, he did not. But uh, I just feel like I was listening to the game, and I feel like every time we had even somewhat of a drive going, even if it was, you know, just the first you know, first couple plays, someone was dropping the ball. So it was really just frustrating. And, I mean, mm. you can't – it just makes me wonder if – did these guys practice outside? <laughs> <laughs> have they practiced outside in the rain? Well, uh, I don't, to, to be honest, I don't think if it rains, I think they usually go indoors. I mean, there's the injury, there's the injury yeah, risk as well. So it's like, yeah, you got to prepare for the elements. And do, I, I thought I read that they were practicing with wet balls and like the court. Oh, they definitely do that. So but. I mean, it's not. I, I think you kind of weigh the risk of yeah, bad weather on Saturday, but you'd rather not have somebody slip and tear an ACL on. Wednesday of practice. And, and that's why I was glad, even if Rondell Moore would have been cleared for this past weekend, no, they still been. should have and would have probably yeah. held him out because you don't want to test yeah. a hamstring on a wet field. Um, no. Were the receivers wearing no. gloves? I think one of them did, but the majority of them did not. And, he, mm, and even in yeah. warm-ups, I didn't see this, but my dad pointed out to me after the game. He said he was worried when he sat in his seat and was watching warm-ups, just guys tossed the ball back and forth. He saw four receivers. The ball just goes straight to their hands. So it, it was just – it was unbelievably wet. I mean, you can practice all you want all week long with wet footballs, right. but until you get in a game situation where you're getting rushed by a pass rush, it's a little different. Or, you know, covered by defensive backs and linebackers, a little different. But right. Cactus Jack Plummer ended up with a stat line of eight completions on 20 attempts for 71 yards, no touchdowns. One interception and one fumble. The fumble was recovered by Illinois. That's what they do. They force fumbles. They recover them. And the pick happened early in the second quarter. It was a pick six, which gave Illinois the lead 10-0. to zero. I thought all the momentum flipped right then, and Purdue never was even close to getting mm-hmm. it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounded, listening to the radio, it just sounded like as soon as 
that play happened, just the air went out of the stadium, what was still in the stadium, and then he, they, they kept mentioning how it just looked like a pretty sideline and was just defeated. I mean, you had a couple defense come with some big stops and things here and there, but it just didn't seem like everyone was really playing inspired football. Nope, um, and it was a bad throw. He um, telegraphed it the whole yeah. way, looked at the guy, I mean, just the guy jumped the route. Mm-hmm. We were already inside a 10-yard line, I believe, or right at the 10-yard line and just walk in. Um, wasn't good at all. And then uh, shortly after that, I don't remember if it was the very next series or the series after the next series, uh, uh, redshirt sophomore Aiden O'Connell made an appearance, came in the yeah. game. It was interesting because he was only in about for two series, mm-hmm. and then they pulled him and put Plummer back in. Yep. But then he put O'Connell back in later in the game, and he ended up with a stat line of 7 for 13 for 65 yards and one touchdown. He threw that late in the fourth quarter to Payne Durham. <clears throat> Um, Payne Durham's third touchdown of the year, which was nice to see. Uh, O'Connell throws a good ball, but not mobile at all. Mm. Not mobile really? at all. He can't move. Um, mm. I thought his pocket awareness was all right. I mean, he, he moved up in the pocket okay. But, I mean, you could tell he was nervous as heck. I mean, first for, <laughs> – oh, yeah, walk-on sophomore, first yeah. game or action. Not start action. I, yeah. Against the state school yeah. where he's from. I mean, that probably added to it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But Jeff Brom was not pleased with either quarterback. Uh, I actually had a sweet ticket for this game. Um, I tried hmm. to brave it for the first quarter and sit outside to sweet, and it was too wet, and I ended up moving to the sweet for the next two and a half quarters before I left midway through the fourth quarter. Um, but they had one screen, had the Jumbotron feed, and one screen of the Big Ten Network feed. And on the Big Ten Network feed, man, Brom was getting on the quarterbacks yeah. like he does every game, but it was it was rough. Yeah. Um, do you guys think he needs to tone him back a little bit? No. It's, it I know happen, it's not going to happen. If we want to do it or not, I don't know why everyone's getting on it. I mean, he's a, it's a football coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a higher standard for quarterbacks. Oh, he's and, got a very high standard. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. talked about that in previous shows. Um, I mean, it could be to a fault, but it is who he is. I mean, kind of the same way with people who want paint to play zone. It's not no, going to happen. No. Um, <laughs> and it's just kind of who they are, and they have their standards, and – some people are, you know, some players responded mm-hmm. really well to it. I think David Blau was one of those players who did really, really well in, in that sort of environment. Um, these younger guys, I don't know, we'll see. But we'll, I mean, it's, he's got to find those guys who respond really well to it. And, but yeah, he's not going to, that's just who he is. And I don't want him to be anyone else. Yeah. And Blau. I think, yeah. And I think Jeff, he's kind of finding his players. I mean, year three, I mean, he, you kind of read into some of his comments on, as press conferences or after games about finding people who want to be here and play hard and want to practice and want to get out and work. And his actions yeah, recruiting um, more players than we, we have leaving. I mean, it's, that's the kind of guy he wants. And, I mean, on a crappy day, how all – and it all sounds like that the team really wasn't into it pretty early on, gotten taken out of the game and was pretty low energy. What's he going to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's quiet and laid back. Then, I mean, the team's not going to react, I would think, but – disappointing yeah exactly so um yeah it's interesting though you, you mentioned how david Bow, david david Bell, david blau I, i'm struggling with this david uh blau <laughs> thank you uh i got a there we go. facebook notification that we're live on facebook now i got notifications <laughs> popping up all over the place um how he handled the criticism and the yelling and the you know by by Brom too many bees by Brom uh, <laughs> really well but you know it's interesting how he came in he inherited David Blau and Elijah Sindelar and those guys are men they could handle this I mean Plummer and uh, Aiden O'Connell are inexperienced kids but when you play Division One football that's what you signed up for 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, interesting. So, but, uh, yeah, I don't think he's got to tone it down at all. But he was very displeased in the postgame, which he usually is after a loss. He said needed better play out of the quarterback, but he said also need better play out of the talent around him. He understood the weather wasn't ideal for passing the ball and that there would be an open competition. And we'd find out by the end of the week who the starter would be. And then today in his weekly Monday press conference, he named Jack Plummer the starter and pretty much I'm pretty shocked. much said that <laughs> things aren't as good as they seem and things aren't as bad as they seem. So, that's how it yep. always is. So, I mean, I when he said that, I was like, there's no way. Yeah. It, there's no way that O'Connell is going to get a start. But he's, he right said now. this for the last two or three weeks, how it's, uh, it's at a QB competition right. and – I don't think he's come out and said that Plummer was the starter. So I wonder if Sunday or Sunday night, Jack and Brom had a had a meeting and talked some things out. I wonder and maybe Jack, yeah. maybe Jack got honest with with Brom and said that he it's not how he needs to be coached or something. I don't know. We'll see. Definitely could have. Definitely a possibility. So I thought that was interesting from today's press conference. We'll get into some more notes from that here in a little bit. But uh, going back to that <clears throat> football game, I guess if you can call it a football game for Saturday, it was something. <laughs> it was something. Uh, the running game never really got going, of course. Xander Horvath oh, actually led yeah. the team in rushing yards with 54 on nine carries. Mm-hmm. Both of those came in crunch time. They literally had back dives up the middle, which made me think, man, mm-hmm. maybe we should have done that the whole game. But also we were down <laughs> 24-0. Maybe Illinois let their foot off the gas. Hard telling. We're playing the pass, uh, not really playing mm-hmm. the run. King Daru, 15 carries for 37 yards. I thought he had a lot of good runs on first down. He was getting five to six yards a lot of times, and then we just couldn't do anything after that. Um, yeah. Torio Fuller, five carries for 19 yards. Jack Plummer actually had nine carries for 18 yards. Jackson Anthrop, three for two yards. Aiden O'Connell, one for two. Milton Wright, one for two yards. And David Bell, one for one yard. We did a few wide receiver reverse runs, but they didn't mm-hmm. pan out very well. And uh, as far as receiving goes, Jackson Anthrop led the team with 51 yards on three catches. Bryson Hopkins, 45 on five catches. David Bell, 18 on five. Payne Durham, one catch for 11 yards and the only touchdown. And Milton Wright, one catch for 11 yards. Um, Zach Collins had eight punts. And uh, Denny Corello had one punt, which he almost whiffed the ball. Mm-hmm. And it was all over Sports Center that. that night, and it still went 15 yards. Um Oh, Just a bad day overall for Purdue. There were no good stats. I mean, Illinois only passed the ball seven times. Yep. Peters threw six of those, and Washington, their wide receiver, threw one. Um, but they just ran all over Purdue. Uh, they did whatever they wanted. I mean, Dre Brown had 18 carries for 131 yards. Um, Bonner had 48 yards. Reggie Corbin had 47. And Brandon Peters <sighs> actually had 12 carries for 17 yards. So it was, it was just disappointing because the whole stadium and their mothers – Knew that Illinois was going to run the ball and Purdue couldn't do anything to stop it. Were they just not loading the box? What what was? <laughs> it just looked like Illinois dominated the line of scrimmage. Purdue couldn't get any push. Yeah. Karloftis did have a sack. But imagine that he does it every yep. week now. Um, he he credited for half. How, how the heck does he get a sack yeah. when they only throw the ball six times? Seven. Times. He got one early in the game. It was yeah. It was, uh, I, I, just, I knew he, he did. I, I did see that. I lied. I did watch some of them. I, got, I saw the replay. He he just got off the line real fast. Yeah, I just yeah, throw the ball. They only throw the throw six or seven passes. I mean, there's not a whole lot of opportunities. I mean, he <laughs> increased his uh, lead for uh, total sacks for freshmen 
in the country. So <clears throat> I just I just don't know what else there is to be said that we haven't already said about the guy. He's just a good football player. Mm-hmm. Very glad to have him, and he's the face of the program. And uh, just need another they one. Continue to build off. Him. Or- yeah, we need. Well, <laughs> hopefully uh, this time next year. Hopefully we have another one, literally in the family, committed. But uh, yeah. but we'll see about that. So uh, let's see here. Any more thoughts on the Illinois game? Burn the tape. I don't know. Shoot it to the moon. Something. Just, nope. I think we can put this one to bed. It. Yeah, I mean, it's our play style is just not fit for that type of weather, and no. it just kind of is what it is. And it, it, tried to fit a, I don't know, square peg in a round hole, trying to throw that much, and just I, wasn't going to work. And I would have uh, liked to see that game played with yesterday's weather conditions. Yeah, no. Kidding. I think it would. I. <laughs> With ideal weather conditions, I felt good about Purdue's chances, but that's still not an excuse. And I know we're without tons of guys, but Illinois played in the same conditions, mm-hmm. and they just played to their strength. Yeah. And they took advantage and pwned Purdue really. And uh, yeah. it was annoying in the sweep. This is kind of what drove me to even leave. Early. I, I should have left even earlier, and I did really. But what <laughs> caused me to leave when I did even midway through the fourth was there was a group of Illinois fans right next to me, about four or five guys, and. They were saying some of the dumbest stuff I have ever heard. And, and, and they were fully meaning it. It wasn't like they were joking. Uh, one guy literally leaned over to his buddy. And I don't think he could. they thought I could hear what they were saying, but I'm right next to the guys. And they said, man, I really wish we played Ohio State this year. I think it could be a really good game. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. And then he, the same guy proceeded to say one time, seriously, who is better than we are that we've played already? Maybe Michigan. And I think that Minnesota game was a fluke. I'm thinking you lost Eastern Michigan. Um, and then he's like, oh, this is the best team we've had in 12 years, which I will say dating back to 07, they've only made three bowls. Um, so yeah. I guess he couldn't be too far off there. But and then he made some comments about their basketball team, which I really did, wasn't paying attention. But um, I was just like, wow. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's a – you could say that for just about any fan base. There's going to be some dumb, I know. Oh, dumb yeah. fanatics. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it, good for. I mean, he's a fan. Hey, he's got. He's op, very optimistic and positive about his team. Good for him. But if we go back to uh, our like preseason preview, I feel like we said at a couple like, oh, Purdue's got like three Heisman candidates. Uh, <laughs> sure. I, I know I had him eight and four. So yeah, eight, eight wins, nine wins. Yeah. Yeah, it's... but how are we supposed to know that all these injuries yeah. are going to happen? But still. That's still no excuse to lose to Nevada, who's four still and four Nevada, and keeps yeah. getting killed every week when we were fully healthy. Yeah. Um, Every time I do want to talk crap about some other school, maybe one other school in the state in particular, about how their schedule is, it's like, well, we still lost to Nevada at pretty much first round. I, I so. still think Nevada beats all the teams they beat except two. I, I think Nevada beats Ball State. I don't know. Maybe not, but add Nevada. Yeah. Add Nevada. Yeah. But, I mean, okay. Let's call them out. It's Indiana that we're talking about who has six wins. It makes me want to freaking throw up. But uh, they're 6-2, and two, but they've beaten – okay, they've beaten uh, UConn, Ball State. State, Eastern Illinois, Maryland, Rutgers, and yeah. at Nebraska. I'll give them that one. Yep. I would like to think, even with all the injuries, Purdue would do pretty well with that schedule. I would like to think. Well, we won't know. Yeah, I can see four, four, well, five. We've both played Maryland. I think four. We wins. played them at home. Yeah, they play them on the road. 
we won, and we won by a lot larger margin than they did. We will see this weekend when we play Nebraska, even though they, they played them there. We play them at home. Yeah. Then obviously last week, we'll really see. Yeah. Yeah, but is what it is. You got to play on who's on your yeah. schedule. And how do you got? Do you guys like that Purdue plays really tough non-conference opponents compared to seasons in the past, or would you like to schedule maybe one tough one like they used to with Notre Dame and a couple ones that you could get some wins under your belt to help you get at least six wins to make a bowl? Yeah, that was a. I saw some people on Twitter talking about that, and I was kind of because there's that because you can kind of look at it like you know Purdue and IU. You know, you had the really. <clears throat> easy schedule. It was an easy schedule, easy non-con. And they basically had, with their non-con and Rutgers and Maryland in the division, they basically had four to five wins built in. They just needed that one extra, you know, depending on who their their West opponents were. And they caught um, Nebraska on a bad year, Purdue on a bad year, and who else is their West opponent? Northwestern. Mm-hmm. This yes, week, Northwestern on a bad year, and also on a bad year. Yeah. Um, then okay, you look at like Purdue who. Nevada, not a great team, but we went on the road. Um, Vanderbilt sucks. SEC team, mm-hmm. though, I guess. They did beat a ranked Missouri team, at least. They did. Um, TCU, very good team. Good win for them over Texas. Texas. Yeah. yeah, just beat Texas. Um, it's kind of that, I mean, as a fan, I like seeing playing the good teams and the tough teams just because from a fan standpoint, it, I don't like watching us play directional Michigan because it's a lose-lose. Yes. If you win, congratulations. If you lose, it's yeah. wow, we lost to Eastern Michigan again. Um, but from in terms of like trying to build a program, like you know Tom Allen's doing at IU, you know just getting wins. You know at the end of the day, they have a real potential to win eight or nine games, and, <laughs> right? <laughs> but and then you you know for recruiting, you know those recruits just see eight or nine wins going to a nice bowl. They don't really care that it was against UConn, Eastern Illinois, Ball State, and whatever. It was they 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 won eight or nine games. So it's kind of, I think it just really depends on where your program's at. Um, I remember when we scheduled TCU a couple years ago in, in the Hazel year, it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like when we get to that point, TCU's going to be top five, and we're going to be still in the bottom of the basement. It's not going to help us, but yeah. I don't know. It's, I, can see, but I can see the argument for both sides, but I think it just kind of really depends on where your program's at. Kind of the other side of that is just getting wins. I mean, though, if you're playing opponents, you're going right. to be on. You're going to have a more primetime game. You're going to have night they're going to be on nationally televised, right. not noon kickoffs on BTN Plus or something. That's like a online subscription. Um, <laughs> so that's going to attract more attention, more marketing, more publicity. Same thing. Yeah. Good for recruiting. National, yeah. So it's kind of yeah. I'd see it both ways. I guess I don't mind. I don't mind playing a little tougher. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I don't want to go see like Purdue go play like Alabama, Clemson, and like. USC hey, Florida, Florida came next, on. Yeah. Florida got on uh, Twitter last week, and they they have an opening for a home and home, and they literally put it. It was interesting. They put it out on Twitter, and I think Clemson and Oklahoma responded with interest. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Um, yeah, I yeah. thought it was cool how they did that. But so, it's, I mean, you always see like the teams like Wisconsin, you know, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Usually, someone like there's some big primetime game like the first or second week of the college football season. It's, it's two powerhouses but definitely you know pretty will get boat raced yeah. in that right now so it's definitely not time but i mean i wouldn't mind you know having i mean i thought the nevada game was kind of our gimme this year and turned i will out never out go right. west again no only if you're, if you're going west go yeah exactly you're, you're, you're you gotta, not, you gotta no. go that, that was a morgan dark. burke that was yeah that was yeah. a morgan burke scheduled game and there was talks yeah. when jeff brom and bobinski met 
and after Brown became our coach to get out of that game, but then they decided not to. But they had they had discussed mm-hmm. that. I found that out via Golden Black's YouTube show last night. Brian Newbert um, said mm-hmm. that, so I did not know that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. hindsight, I wish they would have got out of it, but is what it is. But yeah. you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you do look at next year's schedule. Tuck, I mean – we we just mentioned, you know, playing tough opponents and playing cupcakes. Purdue's first four games next season. They open up at Nebraska, who Purdue plays this weekend. That's their first game next year at Nebraska. So they'll be ranked like number five oh, in the absolutely. country. Oh, absolutely. They're one of those Frost. It, guarantee it. Give the Heisman to Wandell Robinson right now. Um, and then they come home to I don't know what order this is, but I think it's Memphis the Air Force. And oh, Memphis, Memphis is ranked twenty okay. fourth in hosting game day this week. Very good offense. Then they host Air Force, who's a tricky offense, runs the triple option. Then they go to Boston College. That's the first four games for Purdue next year. So, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying it's 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 exciting for yeah. the fans. Even that Boston College trip would be cool for the fans. But uh, uh, yeah, it. Start knowing four is not fun for the fans. No, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, so. but it's kind of a measuring stick when you can say like, look, we're Purdue. Actually, yeah, beating other is, yeah. competent schools or schools that you would think are a little better than right. uh, Ball State. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try so, to pick an IU hey, win. We, I don't know. I'm all for. We, we got a we got a comment from somebody <clears throat> watching. Good good friend of all three of ours, Cameron Screeton. He is an Indiana Hoosier fan, but he Just says uh, Red suck, Andrew. In. That's I know, I know, I understand <laughs> that. For anybody listening to the podcast, Andrew's got a Cincinnati Reds hat on. Andrew's the biggest Cincinnati Reds fan I know, so he's a diehard. So if, if you're uh, if you're listening, it's about to be like the real the Reds, season, the off season for the Reds <laughs> every year. So uh, so yeah, I don't. Of course, I don't want to talk about 2020 yet. But let's be honest: unless Purdue wins the next four games, they're not making a bowl. So you kind of got to think about 2020 right now. And and uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, like Andrew said, it's a measuring stick to see kind of where you're at, but, I mean, you got to mm-hmm. win. I mean, yep. at some point, I mean, who's our who's our East opponents next We get year? Rutgers at home. Or East crossover. Maryland. We are at Come Michigan. <laughs> at <Or> Michigan. <laughs> and Indiana on the road next year. There are threes. Oh, right. So. But, yeah, we, that'll be the first time we've host Rutgers, but they did beat us two years ago. Um, and yep. Michigan, I, I like the Harbaugh Brom. Assuming Harbaugh's there next year, Harbaugh Brom mm. little, little, little scuffle in. When's the last time we played at Michigan? Two thousand and eleven, hmm. and we got whooped. Yep. Shocking. Yeah, so, yeah we we. That was Danny hopes. Yeah, that yeah, was the Little Caesars Bowl year. Heck yeah, the yeah. Turbush Robert Marv back and forth. Yeah, that stuff. So, all right, you guys ready to preview the Nebraska game? Sure. Yeah. First off, did any of you see Scott Frost the the bit from his post game press conference mm-hmm. the other day? The what? The just bit, the audio bit that's go, circulating oh, no. all over Twitter. Well, it was. I think I just saw some on Twitter before we started recording. Was it? Did some athletic? Did IU athletic director kind of was not athletic director? Well, no, no. That that also. I was talking about shut, something shut else, but that did come out today where IU's athletic director said that. Frost and Nebraska were disrespecting Indiana, and he said today he didn't know where that came from, I, so I don't know. But I was referring to in the post game. It's kind of it's it's a coincidence because he's wearing a hoodie, and they, I think he's trying to talk about the toughness of his players. 
He says he doesn't like when his players. He was saying at Minnesota, it must. He goes, yeah, when it's a little cold outside, my players wear hoodies. If we did that back when I played, we would have got beat up. Like he was saying, mm. he doesn't want his players wearing hoodies if they think it's even a little cold out in warmups. I think he was saying the toughness of his team because I know he threw his team kind of under the bus and said he doesn't have tough enough guys. That always doesn't works. have. You know, committed enough guys, things like that mm. after the loss to Indiana. Because I think he's feeling the heat a little bit. He's 4-4. Four and four. I know it's only year two, but it hasn't gone as smooth. Yeah. I mean, they were ranked in the preseason top 25, which I know we all kind of laughed at. Um, yeah. I was actually not all that mad to see them lose to Indiana just because <sighs> they're just falling flat on their face. I was. Gave IU two yeah, twins. come on, Evan. It was going to happen. It was going to happen eventually. They're going to play Northwestern. <sighs> Yeah, Northwestern, man. They've given up. They're yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. They're awful. But I should say I wasn't happy they lost in the end. I was just happy okay. that they just lost. Well, I think on record, if if, if if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you can tell Evan and I aren't big on Nebraska. I don't know how Andrew feels. Uh, Andrew's got a really good friend that's a Nebraska uh, fan. I, I mean, I was so. with you that I was like a little – I thought they were a little overhyped and was a little, I was a little more – Upset at the beginning of the season. Now I don't really care. Now it's just just so Nebraska and Minnesota. Yes, a, it's not even close. Well, at least Minnesota's like backed it up a little bit. I mean, yeah, I just talking about this. Oh yeah, is just a flaming moron. Evans' favorite but, person. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, right but but yeah. looking at this Nebraska team, they're four and four. This is the Fox Big Noon game. I am guessing the Fox execs kind of wish they could take that back, but. There's only four Big Ten matchups this week. And you got the other ones are Michigan, Maryland at Maryland, uh, Indiana, Northwestern at Indiana, and uh, Rutgers, Illinois. So wow. two weeks ago when they made this yeah, I decision, was, I, think, I think I think it was Mike Carmen because someone said like the same thing like Wow, how is we, how are we the big news? <laughs> Mike Carmen from the Journal Courier was like, Have you seen yeah. the schedule? And, and their thought philosophy else. probably was Purdue's got to beat Illinois, Nebraska beat Indiana, would have been more of a draw, but didn't happen and maybe they're hoping Rondell comes back it's Wandell against Rondell which we'll get to that in just a little bit but looking at the Nebraska Purdue series all time there's not a ton to talk about but Nebraska leads this series four to three uh, in West Lafayette it's tied at two games apiece Purdue won the matchup last year 42-28 DJ Knox had a big game for Purdue out at, at Nebraska um, that's pretty much it for the series notes there's not a whole lot compared to <laughs> Illinois last year there was like a book um, but uh, did you guys know it's just a little tidbit on Purdue here or can you guess okay uh, a little trivia I guess who's the last non well who's the trivia. last non-freshman to score a touchdown for Purdue and who was it against this year Jared Jared Sparks no it was Bryson Hopkins mm. against oh, Payne Durham just did he's a redshirt freshman he played last year didn't he mm. he can play and still redshirt I know but he played a lot more. But no, you're both wrong lot, so far. With every guess. With We're every both guess. Horvath? Yep. Again. Against? Iowa? No. Penn State? No. No. Before that? Was it the Nevada game? <laughs> no. <laughs> Vanderbilt? TC? What, what else TCU? we got? <laughs> every single. I don't, remember, I don't remember scoring the TCU game. Every single touchdown. Purdue scored in the Big Ten has been by a true freshman or redshirt freshman every single touchdown. That's that's pretty incredible. 
I mean, there haven't been tons, it's but terrifying. Yeah, thanks to the Illinois and Penn State game, and even the Iowa game, but in Maryland we scored a lot. So, yeah, that was a big. Um, I thought that was really interesting, and even 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 that touchdown was scored. He's a sophomore. I mean, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's exciting. It's kind of exciting. You think about it the other way, and it's, yeah, okay, we're yeah. terrible right now, and it sucks. But look yeah. at all the freshmen that are doing pretty, getting experience. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, looking at Nebraska, I have no idea who's going to be their quarterback on Saturday. Hopefully, I don't know if Martinez is going to play happened? or not. So did Martinez play against no. you? And then I didn't. I didn't watch any he, of the game. He didn't he at all. Dressed. He started. Nope. Dressed. Oh, his uh, backup Noah Vedral started, got hurt. Luke McCaffrey came in, first appearance ever for the freshman. Right. He ended up getting hurt, and Vedral came back in. Oh. oh, Vedral didn't get hurt. I thought he was he was benched for McCaffrey. No, he got hurt. Oh, and then came McCaffrey back. McCaffrey came in. He got hurt. Then Vedral came back oh, in. Oh, okay. The I was like, I thought he got hurt, so, but then I didn't know he came back. Okay. So I don't know um, what the status is of Martinez. Um, I'm guessing he's questionable. Would be my guess. Um, he, but Martinez Marti on the season, he's having a little bit of a sophomore slump. Mm -hmm. He's 88 for 146 for 1,245 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, Noah Vedral, 33 for 49 for 407 yards, but hasn't thrown a touchdown or an interception. Then Luke McCaffrey, like I said, Saturday was really his first action. He was five for six for 71 yards. One touchdown, no picks, but that dude can run. Of course, he's a McCaffrey, but he can run. Martinez can run, and Vedral can run. They can all run. Um, Martinez on the year has uh, 85 carries for 341 yards, three touchdowns. Vedral has 30 carries for 106 and three touchdowns. So, um, But, of course, got to know where Wanda Robinson is at yeah. all times. A kid Purdue recruited really hard, a uh, mm -hmm. talented he was originally committed Kentucky. to Kentucky. somewhere else. Kentucky, that's right, yeah. Yep, because that was funny when he originally committed Nebraska. Graphics guy was told he was committing to Nebraska. Had a graphic all made up. Then he committed to Kentucky. He goes, oops, I was told to make this yesterday. And then he, like, shared it. <laughs> and then he was committed to Kentucky for a couple months mm -hmm. and decommitted. And then the graphic was already made for Nebraska. So. <laughs> but he, he's been a little banged up here and there, but he's back. Um He's, he, played mm -hmm. he played against Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. He is a threat to carry the ball and catch the ball. He has it's Rondell Moore. Oh, he, he's smaller than Rondell, but he's just as fast. And he's he. I mean, a lot of announcers accidentally call him Rondell Moore during the game or refer him <laughs> to Wandale, Rondell, Rondell Moore because yeah. they play a similar style yeah. of football. That's that's one reason I think Purdue missed out on him was because. How would he fit yeah. in the offense with Rondell? It would have been interesting. Would Ron have would have found awesome. a way. But it would have been awesome. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> be awesome right uh, now. We don't would have, have been Rondale. bad for Jackson Anthrop. But um, yeah. But Rondell has uh, well, see, there it. Wandell has seventy-one <laughs> carries for two hundred ninety-seven yards, three touchdowns. But he has uh, thirty-three receptions for four hundred seven yards and two touchdowns. So a lot of combined mm -hmm. yardage. Yeah. You and he carries. returns kicks and punts. Got 22 carries so. against IU. Wow. So they give him, as I say, I he seemed like he played a lot Oh, reverse. Yeah. Reverses all the time or draws. Yeah, yep. it seemed like he played a lot more kind of running back handoffs than Rondell does. But but they also got a few good running backs. I mean, they got Dedrick Mills. He's got 84 carries for 380 yards, seven touchdowns. That's a high touchdown number. Uh, Maurice Washington is not with the team currently. He has 50 carries for 298 yards, one touchdown. He's not currently with the team. He's in some legal trouble, I believe. Mm. Um, 
But then on the receiving end, J.D. Uh, Spielman, he's got 29 receptions for 566 yards, one touchdown. And tight end Jack Stoll has 18 receptions for 184 yards, one touchdown. So those are some of the names you need to be familiar with when watching Nebraska on Saturday. Uh, and then on defense, I'm not sure what kind of defense they play, to be honest. Uh, but Muhammad Barry leads them in tackles Crappy with 66. One. And then the defensive back, Eric Lee Jr., leads them with two interceptions. So, yep. What's the what's – the, do you have a turnover margin there? I can find I can find I it. Because Illinois had a really good turnover margin. That was the thing I was worried about going to the Illinois game was just they force a lot of turnovers and they don't turn it over, and that's exactly what really sealed the game. They got 14 points off our turnovers and – that's all I needed. Let's see if I can find so, no, Nebraska's defense last year was terrible. And I don't think this year they're really all that much better. Uh, Nebraska, Nebraska. Uh, I'm on that site with all the NCAA teams, so this is taking me a while. <laughs> it's great for audio medium. Yeah. Now at least we're video yeah. too. Um, my list only goes down to 50, and they're not in the top 50 in the nation. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't see anything real quickly on. Nope. Yeah. Oh, wait, here's another page. Uh, yeah, this is great for audio. We need some, like, Jeopardy music or something going on. They are 100th. They're minus okay. 0.5. <laughs> Maybe that's per no. game? Is that a point five? That's yeah, average. That's average per game. Sorry, minus 4. Okay. Minus okay. 4. Yeah, minus they have four. Five, 5 interceptions. Um, Throwing five interceptions. Yeah, lost no, eleven fumbles. Right. Yep, eleven. Yeah, fumbles? they've lost eleven fumbles. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Where's Purdue on this thing? Don't want to know. I do. Now. I feel like I, Purdue's I only got far enough into the depth. I, I feel like Purdue's only got like like two or three. Oh dear God! Tied for one hundred twenty second. <laughs> we literally are ahead of one. Two, three, four, five, six teams, but we're not last in the Big Ten. That's Rutgers at 125. We are well, tied at 122 gosh. with Northwestern. <laughs> wow, I do. You see the, uh, you see the uh, picture of the. I think it might have even been Cameron posted in our group chat of the weekend. The crowd before the Rutgers <laughs> game, like ten minutes before the game started, where the band would have been like seventy <laughs> percent of the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looked like Ross Aid in the fourth quarter. Saturday. Well, it was a crummy oh, day. That's good. that's good. Oh, it was awful. It was the worst I've ever been to is what it is it's over it's a loss unfortunately now Purdue's got to rattle off four in a row to make a bowl Shock knowing Jeff world. Brom he'll do it he'll find a way hey you know maybe uh, maybe those <laughs> Illinois fans you talked to Tanner were right and maybe they are really good and maybe Wisconsin isn't that good so maybe Purdue has a chance <laughs> never know crazier things have happened uh, that's why you play the a game a few other takeaways from <clears throat> Jeff Brom's Monday weekly press conference. He did not – no depth chart came out for Purdue. I thought that was really interesting. I'm going positive mind thinking and thinking that means some guys are coming back and he doesn't want to let them know yet. Or it could be negative thinking and more guys are hurt and they haven't come up with it yet. But Because he did say he, – he did not listen to injuries today. He said ask him in the end of the week, towards the end of the week, and he'll give you a better idea. And that was when asked about Ronda Moore. So – A.K.A. Let's see how the weather is going to be on Saturday. Could Rondell <laughs> practice this week? Yeah, this is I the game I've been saying for weeks. Does media get Does media get access to practice every day or just a couple of days a week? 
I think they can watch like. just a few like minutes of like warm-ups and then they get them after practice. I don't think they can't gotcha. I don't think there's a lot of practice they can view. I'm not sure mm-hmm. though. Gotcha. Um, another comment about your uh, Reds hat there, Andrew. Another friend of ours says stupid hat. So you're definitely the uh, topic of the podcast. You know what? Facebook. Just just taking attention away from the Purdue Illinois game. Is- that, <laughs> that is true. Thank you. Keep wearing the hat every week. Well, hopefully we win this week and don't have to, don't have to talk about that. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. And then when asked if we could see any more freshmen play, because now we are in the last four games, so any freshman who hasn't played can play four games and – and still retro, he listed Cam Craig, potentially uh, Stephen. He's offensive. Offensive lineman. Yep. offensive lineman. Yeah. Yes, Stephen uh, Fouchois possibility and Good. Dante Hunt. Is that how you I believe I'm going with it. I'm confident. I'm rolling with it. So I'm so good at. <laughs> you sounded confident. I'm so I'm good at pronouncing. Well, Evan just ruined that by asking. I mean, you should just let him go with it. Hey, I've heard it like six different ways, and Tanner sounded real confident. I had to make sure. And uh, Dante Hunter Jr. Is that his name? Yeah. Hunter? I've been waiting to yeah. see him. So. So, so two new defensive linemen they could add to the rotation, which that makes me excited. Maybe Lorenzo Maybe. Neal? Yeah. Hey, Lorenzo Neal has not played. We <laughs> could have used him on Saturday. Of all the games so far this year, honestly, because a lot of runs were starting it through the middle is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, if we could get Neal and, and, and uh, Rondell back for Saturday, I think the spread flips to Purdue's favor. Because right now it's uh, two and a half at Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, yeah. two and a half. Yeah. So, so, yeah, well, those are the things to keep an eye on. Um, but my biggest takeaway was uh, Cactus Jack Plummer is a starter already named, whereas after Saturday's game we thought we were going to see a quarterback competition between Jack Plummer and Aiden O'Connell. I think Jeff Brown made the right, right move. Um, I know he's got a short leash, though, because um, he's unhappy with his decision-making, particularly particular when the number one – option it and open he's not checking down he's not looking to run he's kind of forcing things at times but i still th- I, I just think if you benched uh jack then that's terrible first progression yeah yes i don't think it'll come it, to that i mean i think it's gonna be he talked about just having another guy ready and sometimes get a spark i mean he did this with yep. blau brom did this with blau and Sindelar last yep. couple years when they both were healthy so and he keeps recruiting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going to settle. So, mm-hmm. uh, Speaking of recruiting, I haven't really checked the website, uh, Rivals. Any recruiting updates from over the weekend? Uh, from all I could see was he was trying – I know Brian Newber was trying to get a hold of the quarterback that visited <clears throat> over the weekend, but he uh, hadn't responded at the time. I haven't heard anything else. I mean, he's, he's going to be announcing at the All-American Bowl anyway, so mm-hmm. kind of just a – well, it's believed kind of to thing. be between Purdue and Oregon, so technically Maryland I did, I, too. But yeah, Didn't sound yeah, positive on it. <laughs> it's cold there. Well, well Saturday's game wasn't yeah. wasn't real warm. It was miserable but, there. But I think I think hopefully he understands it was raining. So and he saw know, how terrible but, the quarterbacks played. So I mean, wow, he start. He could have ran the ball a lot for them on uh, Saturday. Yeah. So. Uh, we got another comment, uh, Illinois fan, Josh Mutt. Huge Illinois fan here. I wish we could see Illinois versus Ohio State. I think it would be decided by one possession. <laughs> Illinois has the edge at quarterback, running back, and defensive end. I uh, don't even know it's how back, to take that comment. Back on the bandwagon. Love it. Oh, he, he jumped back on the bandwagon after the Wisconsin game. Driving it now. Don't let him 
fool you. No, it, I, I, I swear it was the Michigan game when they were in it, and he claimed he wasn't watching the game when it was like they had the ball like down seven, like with like driving. And it's like he's like, oh, I'm not even watching. Yeah, okay, I don't believe that, Josh. If for anybody listening to the podcast, this is our <clears throat> our friend. That's the Illinois fan that we've referred to a couple times a few weeks. So uh, he says he's not an Illinois football fan, only basketball, but he was up until this year. And all of a sudden he's made a comment the other night. Oh, if they beat Rutgers and Northwestern get six wins, I'll be back on the bandwagon when they make a bowl. So, and he hates Purdue. So he definitely watched Saturday's game and I know he enjoyed it. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, Any, any, uh, Oh, I guess we already covered the Nebraska game, but uh, yeah. I didn't see any other recruiting notes to hit on basketball no, or football no. wise. Just hope, I'm just hoping for a, a show some better effort for this game, and yeah, that's all I can hope for at this point. Just progression with the team. I mean, if we don't win, but we show some progression, I'm I might be okay with that. We'll see. We did week. get some good recruiting news on the football front on Friday. Bryce Austin, mm-hmm. uh, longtime speculated, silent verbal commit to Purdue, did commit. Three-star defensive tackle from Michigan. Had offers from Michigan State, Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, Missouri. Um, he had a whole list. Was Notre Dame in I there? I don't believe. Was Notre Dame in there or was that just Malik? I think I was just Malik Carr. I think Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah. yeah. Whole, a whole bunch of Cincinnati, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, a whole bunch of Midwest offers. So um, a good uh, pickup in a position of need for Purdue, definitely. Yep. All right. Do you guys want to pick games, or do you want to talk a little Purdue basketball, then pick games, or pick games then? Let's pick games all right. while we're on football. All right. Let's do it. Uh, well, let's start off with uh, the Purdue Nebraska game, Saturday noon, Fox Big Noon Saturday, I should say. Let's let Nebraska is a two-point favorite. Excuse me, I said two and a half earlier. There. Uh, I, I see. I've got two and a half. I've got as two well. and a half. I got two. Majority rules. <laughs> Um, Good God, I just saw the line for the Illinois game. I don't have that line, so I'm interested to hear it when we get there. Um, (laughs) I am unfortunately taking Nebraska. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of confidence after how bad. I mean, even with the crummy weather, I don't know. I think we both picked – I think we all picked Purdue. I mean, they were 10-point, double-digit favorites. I don't know if it was 10 or 12 or something, right? I mean – I think it was nine and a half. Yeah. I don't know, just totally laid an egg against a, a team that st- would have thought was going to be a fairly comfortable the, win. I mean, but I mean, they, uh, it's a winnable uh, yeah, game. Yeah, and, and I know the weather was a huge factor, but the, what a huge <clears throat> opportunity wasted by Purdue. I mean, Illinois, Nebraska, at Northwestern. You win those three, then all you got to do is split your last two. Now you got to win all four to make a bowl, keep the season going. Which, which the reason I wanted to see this team make a bowl real bad at six six is not only because it would be a great comeback story with all the injuries and everything, it gives all the young guys even more practices. Mm-hmm. You get those extra bowl mm-hmm. practices. That's huge for a program that's trying to develop into something. But mm-hmm. I, I like Nebraska in a close game. What score? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to say Martinez plays um, 34-27. Has, has Purdue played a running quarterback like Martinez? Not like him. Yeah. Um, Nevada ran it a little bit. Carson Strong. I mean, Maryland, um, Maryland a little bit. Yeah, Maryland um, yeah, ran it. I mean, yeah. yeah. And Illinois ran it this 
past week a little bit, run past option. What do you guys got? I just don't have a whole lot of confidence. I'm kind of confused by Plummer. I mean, he's looked, he's kind of thought that he was kind of progressing, against, especially against when you're not playing the defenses like Iowa or Penn State. Um, again, I don't know that much. I guess I didn't know that much about Illinois' defense going in. I don't know. So I, I, I think Nebraska by about 10. I don't know. I'll say 27, 17. I, I will say watching that Nebraska-Indiana game, Indiana had a lot of wide-open wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that was good scheming on their part. But Northwestern had a lot of holes. Uh, offense has never really been IU's problem. I mean, even when they are on their backup quarterback, I mean, their quarterback's experienced. And I thought Ramsey looked better yeah. than uh, Penix did. Yeah, yeah he started. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know. It does seem like IU's offense. I mean, they do – I've yeah. rarely watched them have trouble moving moving the ball this season. Just no, they're just, they're it, defense so. is what yeah. gives them problems usually. Yeah. Yep. I'm going 31 28 boilers. I like it. I like it. Um, somebody's <laughs> got to be positive around here. So I'm appalled. I like it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, moving on in the Big Ten, you got number 14 Michigan coming off a huge slack, shellacking. Of Notre Dame, they played in the same conditions as Purdue, but yeah. Michigan ran the ball over fifty times. Yeah, for wow. three hundred three yards, Notre Dame ran it thirty-one times for only forty-seven yards. There was your difference. Ian Book was yeah. eight for twenty-five for seventy-one yards. Shea Patterson was six for twelve for a hundred, but two touchdowns. And then um, McCaffrey. I'm forgetting the other one's first name. There's four McCaffrey boys, but the other one that plays Drew, maybe Drew McCaffrey. No, that doesn't sound right. But the one that plays at Michigan, he came in and threw a touchdown late because Harbaugh was not letting his foot off the gas. It was beautiful. <laughs> they don't play him till 2033 again, so why not? Um, yeah. You know, I would root for Michigan over two teams. I think Indiana and Notre Dame. So I really enjoyed that. Anyways, they travel to Maryland, who's three and five, and Maryland or Michigan is an 18 and a half point favorite. Maryland's bad. Yeah, they're not they're good. They're bad. <laughs> and you remember when we thought Michigan their Congress. win over Syracuse was impressive? Syracuse won three games this year so far. Well, they were ranked. I mean, they were just they scored like 140 points in their first like two games or something, didn't they? I know. Like yeah, and they got ranked, and then they lost to Temple, and it's been downhill since then for them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. I agree. Without a problem. Rutgers at Illinois. Webby, what's the line? Because I don't have it on my phone. Illinois by 20. I knew it would be in the 20s. Illinois covers. I thought it would be like. Yeah, Illinois yeah. wins their third in a row, and they cover, <clears> and they're <throat> one game away from a bowl. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they cover. Lovey is safe. Really. Unless they lose this game and lose out. That's the only way I see him getting fired. I think he's safe. So, Rutgers is awful. They struggled against Liberty, but they beat him. I picked Liberty last <laughs> week, so they proved me wrong. Yeah, I think we all They were like seven-point we underdogs. They were seven. Which is Liberty insane. got a million dollars, like Evan said last week, a million dollars to play them. But game, it would have been close. so much better if they had won. But no. oh yeah, and then you got one and six Northwestern. They might be the most disappointing team in America this year. At six yeah. and two, Indiana. Indiana is a twelve point favorite. This is a night game on Fox Sports One. Are uh, you by two touchdowns? Yeah, easily at least. IU covers. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Gonna, I mean, North uh, Northwestern does not move the ball very well. But I mean, if they were, would this be the game that they actually? I think they've. I think they've quit, dude. Yeah. I think they've quit. 
Yeah. Hunter Johnson's I think hurt. Wins by three touchdowns. I mean, Hunter Johnson's hurt. Um, I think they've quit, and I, uh, I probably about to go seven and two. And they received four votes for the AP. I don't think they would climb clear to rank ju- just to do where just due to where they are uh, at in the polls receiving votes, but they're going to get close. They're going to get real close. I mean, in 7-2, you, you should be close. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the first time they've been ranked since 93 when they went 8-4. and four. They might have been ranked early in the 94 season, here's, but they went 6-5 and five in 94. Here's a, here's a fun fact for you. Um, guess how many points per game Northwestern's averaging? Like 13? Like, yeah, 10.7. Like <laughs> They're averaging 126 yeah, passing yards per game. That's a bull, skirt, bull strategy there, Cotton. Um, I use offense too good. Yeah. They're that's off. all for Big Ten. Only four games. A lot of teams on by yeah. this week. Pretty bad week slate. Uh, top Cream top 25 matchups. We won't go through all of them. I'll, I'll pick out a few here. Uh, Thursday night on Halloween. Weird things happen on Thursday night. College football games, plus this being Halloween. This could be a tricky one. You got three and four West Virginia at number twelve seven and zero Baylor. Hmm. Baylor is a uh, just lost the line. 17, seventeen half, half yes, seventeen half point favorite. Yeah. I at Waco. Baylor. I'm a good Baylor with it. Yeah, I don't think they cover though. I'm gonna say they went by two touchdowns. Baylor no runs cover. away with it. I don't know nothing about West Virginia or Baylor really, but I agree with you, Evan. I'm gonna say Baylor wins, but they don't cover. West Virginia keeps it tight for a while. Smart man. Uh, ACC matchup on Saturday. You got four and three NC State at tw- number twenty three six and one Wake Forest, and Wake Forest is a seven and a half point favorite. Wake the cover. Hmm. What's the line? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. I think it'll be close for no reason at all. So who are you taking? I'll take Wake. I'm taking the Wolf Pack in the upset. Well, there you have it. Oh, I don't know why. I'm going to be different. So, you got five and two Virginia Tech coming off a bye week at number sixteen. Five and two Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a seventeen and a half point favorite. I think Notre Dame bounce back and cover. I don't think they cover. I'm closer than that. Right. I, I think Notre Dame wins. And I'll say by ten. Yeah. Say they don't cover. I think Virginia Tech. Keeps it close. This is a team that was really struggling earlier in the year. I thought Justin Fuentes might lose his job. They've kind of turned it around. They're five and two now, but I think Notre Dame takes some frustration out, wins at home. But like I said, I don't think they cover. The game of the weekend, in my opinion, even though it's not college game day, got number eight Georgia against number six. How is this not? I'll game get day. to the game that is mm-hmm. here in a little bit. I know, against number six, Florida. Is, they, they go to this game all the time. It's the world's largest cocktail party. It's in Jacksonville. Uh, they, they've yeah. played it in Jacksonville since like the 30s or 40s. Um, interesting matchup here because whoever wins this game is probably going to represent that side of the SEC and the SEC championship. Uh, who do you guys like? I feel like Florida's getting no respect yeah. in ranked number six. Yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with Florida. I like their def- I like their defense. I'm gonna go Florida. I agree. I, I'm going Florida as well. I I think Georgia's been struggling as of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost to South Carolina, mm-hmm. and even when they they beat um, Kentucky, I believe they struggled. Even though it was like a monsoon game, they struggled that game. Uh, yeah, I like Florida. Yep, same. I'll pick Florida as well. Good game. Wow, did not see yeah. all three of us agreeing on that. I mean, they're and they're six point yeah. underdogs. I think. 
I know that's kind of a slap in the face. Yeah, shocking. New, neutral. Well, It'll be half and half, literally. Yeah, but yeah. I like talking about this game. This is. I think this will be a fun one. You got number twenty-two, five and two, Kansas State, newly ranked, coming off a big upset win at home over Oklahoma. At three and five, Kansas, but Les Miles and the boys got a win over Texas Tech in a crazy finish of a game. Crazy finish of a game the other day. <clears throat> if you did not see that. Uh, Texas Tech got the turnover. I don't remember if it was a fumble or a pick. Guy is running, goes the lateral behind him. Nobody's there. Kansas falls on it with one second left, kicks game-winning field goal. <laughs> oh, wait, I did see that, yeah. So, Yeah, I did see that. Uh, in-state rivalry here, nice. in-conference rivalry, who do you like? Five-and-a-half-point uh, favorites, I'm going, Kansas State. I'm saying less miles takes – um, Let's see. I'm going with Les Miles and the boys. Yeah, Pretty we're all stuff. three going to agree on this. I, I, I think Les <laughs> gets it done. I think Kansas State comes in with a big head. I like. I mean, I think. I don't know what Les Les Miles was an interesting hire for this job, but I kind of like what he's doing there this year. Yeah. I and mean, this is a program that was dead, absolutely dead. And <clears throat> to have three wins at this point in the season and a win over Texas Tech and a darn near win over Texas, yeah. it's saying mm-hmm. something. So, uh, number nine, Utah. Seven and one at five and three. Washington, Utah's a three and a half point favorite. I like this Utes team a lot. So you're a yeah. Yeah. But the, <laughs> they are not the same team at home as or on the road as they are at home. But not many teams are. Um, with that said, I like Utah in a close one. I do think they covered at three and a half, but it's a close game. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying they went by a touchdown. I'm pick Washington. Suck it. Tanner's second dogs. favorite team, Utah, going down. <laughs> Are they both, what's Huskies. Mascot? Uh, Huskies. Dog. Yes, dog. Right. Uh, not yeah. going to cover this game because East Carolina is terrible. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting to see Cincinnati at number 17. Yeah. So. Um, Do you think Clemson's going to cover against Wofford their 47? I didn't have a line on it. <laughs> and, yeah, they'll cover that. And they'll pull their starters early. You think? Wofford yeah. is 5-2. Wofford is and two. I hate that school because they beat us back in the baby boiler years, and I still haven't forgave them after Mm -hmm. we beat a really good Louisville team down to Wooden Class. I'm holding a grudge 12 years later, yes. Um, Here is your college game day game of the week. You got number 15, 8-0 SMU at number 24, 7-1 Memphis. If you like offense, tune into ABC at 7.30 Saturday night. This is the primetime game. Memphis is a five-and-a-half-point favorite, but I am taking the SMU Mustangs. I think Sonny Dykes got these guys rolling. It's going to be a fun game, but give me SMU. I'm with you, Tan. I think SMU. I like that. You got S- you got SMU yeah. colors on, yeah. blue shirt, red hat. So. There you go. Yeah, see? Yeah. I'm going with SMU yep. as well. And then the last game we'll cover for this week. Uh, this is an interesting Pac-12 matchup. You got number seven, Oregon, who's 7-1. At 5-3 and three USC, did you guys realize not only does USC control their own destiny the rest of their way for their division, but so does UCLA? Yeah, UCLA has three wins. They <laughs> played each other in the last game. That's how crazy the Pac-12's been. UCLA's beat Washington State and beat Arizona State. USC's been up and down, but give me the Trojans in an upset. The Ducks are five-point favorites. Give me the Trojans, and I think Clay Helton takes a step towards keeping his job. Say, uh, I say quiet. Oregon by at least by double digits. I don't know. 
Yeah. Oh, All right. Okay. They are a good cover. team, and they, like a they, they could use this. I mean, they keep rolling. They could get in that playoff discussion. So. Mm. Well, they lost one game. It was to Auburn week one on neutral field. The numbers. I mean, they got a better case, they got a better case right now than Oklahoma. Yeah, I would say that's true. But, yeah, you gonna keep Jalen Hurts out of the playoff though? I want to see him in the playoff, but I think they hurt themselves Same. bad this past week. No, they did. I mean, yeah, was... we all three. We I almost forgot to even cover that game last week, and I remember you said you forgot one, and I was the only one of us three to even have Kansas State covering that game. Mm-hmm. It was like twenty four and a half. Yeah, we thought Oklahoma would kill him. We yeah. were on. No. Yep. So, That's, yeah. uh, before we close out the podcast, let's talk a little Purdue hoops. We had the secret scrimmage. It's almost this, here. <laughs> we had the secret scrimmage on Sunday against Providence. <laughs> the first exhibition game against uh, Southern Indiana is coming out Friday. It is sold out, which is crazy for an exhibition game. Uh, so mm-hmm. the season's almost here. The season starts next Wednesday against Green Bay, and we're against Texas next Saturday. It is. I mean, it's literally almost here. Secret scrimmage didn't go as Purdue would hope, but nobody needs to freak out. The secret scrimmages mean nothing. Um, The only thing I didn't like seeing was that Purdue was 5 for 23 or 24 from three-point range. That was a little worrisome, but it's one game. Yeah, I think it's going to – I mean, it's a team that doesn't have – it has shooters, but no no one's really proven. I mean, your closest one's probably Wheeler. Mm. With Sasha, probably is a close second. Um, We know Hunter can shoot, hasn't proven it. We've heard – Thompson and Brandon Newman can shoot. Obviously, they haven't proven it since they're mm-hmm. freshmen. <clears throat> Proctor um, can shoot it, supposedly. Supposedly. We haven't seen him, so he hasn't proved it yet. So it's one of those things I think it's just it, – I would not be surprised if we see another kind of slow start like we did last year. I don't think to the, the degree that we saw. Granted, we are playing some – I think a bit tougher schedule this year with the fact that we play Virginia. We play um, at Marquette. Um Potentially play, play VCU. Potentially could play Tennessee down in Florida. So, I mean, we'll find a uh, have to just find see where we can find their offense. And I think it might be a little bit of a slow start, but I think we'll be all right. Yeah. And starting next week on the Boiler Breakdown, we'll be covering football and basketball at least for the next together for the next four weeks. Hopefully, Purdue gets hot in football, and we can cover it longer than that. But uh, we'll have our preview for the basketball season next week. So. That'd be, yeah. be going to be fun. Hopefully, yeah, I get to see Purdue's first win over Wisconsin. Keep it going. Be first win, first win I can remember. It would be if Purdue would <clears throat> win at Wisconsin, be the first time since they won up there in 03, yep. which was a college game day. And then yep. next year was a college game day at Purdue, and I'm not going to talk about that game. So <laughs> if, if, if anybody's been a Purdue fan for a long time, they know about the game day game in 04. Yeah. I don't have to remember that. But, but yeah, for basketball, it it's, it's hard to believe basketball season's almost here. And, you know, it's interesting on a, on a, another podcast I do on the side, the Tan and J Man Show. A little, little cheap plug there. Um, check it out on all, all. Is it on the side? Is it on the side? Check, check it out on all your audio uh, podcast platforms wherever you listen to your podcast. And Talk, live TV. Just in, in the IC yeah. Sports Network. There you go. Um, uh, we cover all different kinds of sports. Anyways, uh, we, we, were, we were discussing tonight getting into the mood for basketball. And I said a lot of years, uh, it comes this time, and even if my football team's struggling, I'm still not ready for basketball. And while I am still in the football mindset, I will get in basketball mode quicker this year, not just because Purdue's struggling, but because Purdue basketball, like you mentioned, Evan, plays these really good opponents early this mm-hmm. year. That helps because usually – 
I have to I wait till like the ACC Big Ten Challenge in December to get into it. Yeah. But this year, when they play Texas game two and and uh, at Marquette and then VCU, and, which I'm not a big believer in Marquette. I mean, it's me Marcus. It'll still be a fun matchup though. But oh yeah, for sure. I love to see no gel. I'm still mad about that. The Gavin, we played there two years ago. Mm-hmm. That is lazy scheduling yeah. on the Gava Games part. I mean, that's yeah. just stupid. Would have loved to go out to Villanova. I, mean, I, I wanted to go to Georgetown. I thought ago. that would have been mm. cool. Ooh, mm. that'd be a cool. Um, one. Yeah, and we cool secret one. scrimmage Providence. Um, but right. I knew I knew it wasn't going to be crosses. Butler with the crossroads. Yeah. But I right. I don't know. I thought or Creighton could have be been a cool. Sick game at Hinkle though. That'd I just don't so see that fun. ever happening. I would be. I, I would no, love for to, them to do a one and one at Hinkle and Mackey, but with the crossroads, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I, and I, w- I would love Man, to get Notre Dame fun. and Mackey one of these years for the ACC Big Ten Challenge, but I don't see that happening either because of the crossroads. But is what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, we got all those big games, and arguably Virginia's looks to be one of the biggest matchups in Mackey history. I mean, the Villanova one was <laughs> huge a couple years ago when they were defending champs. Uh, the Duke one in Duke 08 in was probably the biggest oh, yeah. one, but for non conference. Until the game started. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> um, but it, that'll be a fun one. But. Uh, yeah, we'll know about this Purdue team pretty early on if 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 they're the real deal or yep. not, and up to their ranking of twenty two in the coaches and twenty three in the AP. But I'm excited uh, going in without a lot of expectations. That's what I did last year, and it worked out. So, so I'm hoping to do again this year. Um, yeah, but we'll have plenty more basketball talk next week. Any uh, closing thoughts? Basketball, football, volleyball related? <laughs> nope. Keep that train rolling, man. They're rolling. Uh, volleyball. Oh, I was going to say, uh, not the football team. The tracks kind of stopped in the tracks, and uh, Purdue hasn't started yet, or basketball hasn't started yet. Yeah. So, uh, now I'm excited for basketball, and it's always fun to be in Mackey and football. And I mean, I've kind of had this mentality really since all the injuries started popping up. Is just I want to see these young mm. guys progress. Um, I thought we had a really good thing at the Maryland game. Everyone was clicking. And then we kind of take that step back uh, against Illinois. So let's hope we can get back on that right track. Yeah. We're just kind of seeing these guys improve. We know what, Dave, know what David Bell can do. I'd love to see more of Milton Wright. I think he's lacking some confidence right now. Oh, yeah, right you now. can see that Saturday. Um, yeah, so I'd love to see him get more involved, um, especially now with some of these freshmen coming in who can play now because of the redshirt rule. I'd like to see you know, what kind of energy they bring. You know, they got nothing to lose, really. So Yeah, be excited to hopefully see, see Jack Plummer kind of take a step forward again. So. I guess I got one closing question for you guys. Um, okay, so say Rondell Moore doesn't get cleared this week, do you just shut him down for the rest of the year? Or is it okay? Say okay, better yet, he doesn't get cleared this week and Purdue loses, so a bowl game's out of the question. There's three games remaining. Do you shut him down for the rest of the year, or is it a case of if the if he wants to come back and play and he's cleared, you play him? I, I think. I really yeah, like I think bucket. if he's. Agreed. I think he's cleared. I think you play him. I mean, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, you go for, okay, five wins is better than four. It's not like – Yeah, I think it's a similar thing <clears throat> with Sindar a couple years ago. Granted, again, it is a different scenario um, in terms of we still had a chance then, but if like we said if we lose, then it's a different scenario. But I think it's one of those things where you just talk to him and his family, and if he wants to play, I mean – Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, of course, I don't know Rondell more personally. That would be cool if I did, but I don't. Um, <laughs> just from what I've read and seen him interviewed and everything, I feel like he's the type of kid who would want to play. And it might be good for his mindset going into the off season, just mm-hmm. to test it, just to give it a test. So, yeah. um, 
All right, I got another. Sorry, I got another question. We're not done yet. Uh, Elijah Sindelar. Say he gets healthy. He's a player. Say yes. he say, say he gets healthy <laughs> and cleared um, after the during that bye week after the Northwestern game. You got two games. I don't care if there's a bowl game eligible or not. Do you play him? I think I think so. I mean, yes. he's already got a sixty year and yes. I mean, it's, which could be could interesting be, if he. Yeah, but it I also mean, could he, be he could be back, but he could be retiring as well, and he could be like I go yeah. out with the win yes, yeah. with the bucket or something. Curtis Painter type yeah. performance. That would be and, awesome. Yeah, yeah. and then awesome. he can say, "I can retire. I've had my yeah. body's broken down." Or he can be like, hey, "I'm, I'm good to go. I'm going to stay here for my sixth year." And which would be crazy. Or yeah. Just go to the NFL. Or yeah, yeah. Which, audition for the NFL to but, say, "Hey, look, I'm healthy. And give me a chance." And I gotta think, you know, I know these quarterbacks are all competitors, all want to play, but if say they know he's not coming back next year, no matter what, and there's no bowl game to be had, and we do, he does get healthy, and he comes in the Wisconsin game or the bucket game. If I'm Jack Plummer, I don't get too upset. No. I mean, no. I still know it's probably my job to lose next year if Elijah doesn't come back. And the, yeah. the guys gave his – literally gave his body up for the mm-hmm. program and, and try to and, let him yeah. get one more moment. And I think Jeff – I think Brom and the whole coaching staff will do – well, they'll, they'll do right by Sindelar. I mean, if Sindelar, they know he's not coming back next year, he's like, hey, I'm going to go to the NFL draft or I'm going to transfer to somewhere so I can have a chance to play – They'll say, "Here, look, I'll give you a chance to kind of get back into it and audition for whatever." Yeah, yep. I mean, I think they'll yep. they'll do right by him. I just, I almost want to cry thinking how smooth and, and awesome that first drive of the year in Nevada was when the ball didn't hit the ground and we didn't even see a third down. It was just boom, 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 boom. <clears throat> it could have been, but not meant yeah. to be. But uh, any any more? F- just closing, closing, final thoughts. I know you guys already kind of wrapped up. Uh, where where can they where can they uh, find you out on Twitter? I, I know for everybody viewing on Facebook, Evan's got his Twitter handle there. Head of the game, <laughs> head of the game. Andrew, uh, I think it's a Eiler three, I believe. I think I think you got it right. I was <laughs> testing you to see if you can remember this week, and mine's at the underscore t underscore lee. Maybe I'll have mine up on the screen next week, and 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 I think you can expect us to be recording these on Facebook live. I don't we don't have a set day or time every week. It's just kind of whenever we can do it. Um, but if if, if you like, like our Facebook page and uh, want to tune in, please do so. And if you don't like our Facebook page, what are you waiting for? Please like our page if you're li- especially if you're listening to our podcast and and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Boiler Break Pod. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please please give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. And if you have any suggestions or recommendations how we can make the show better for your listening and viewing now, pleasure. Please let us know. And and we always want to thank our sponsor of the Boiler Breakdown, which is Shroff Landscaping. Get a hold of them if you need any landscaping needs. They're licensed lawn applicators. They're doing a bunch of fall cleanup right now. So get a hold of them, and you can find them on Facebook as well. So with that said, let's boiler up, hammer down, and beat the Cornhuskers. Indiana corn's better. Boiler up. Tanner Lee here of the Boiler Breakdown podcast. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a follow on social media. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Boiler Break Pod, and follow us on Instagram at Boiler Break Pod. And make sure to listen and subscribe to the Boiler Breakdown on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, boiler up, hammer down.